This week, we talked to a veteran of the training software game about shifting from enterprise to SaaS with the help of GrowthX. Plus, we'll catch up on what else is happening with the plethora of accelerators in Alberta. Hi, I'm Karen Unland. And I'm Faiza Ramji. And this is Bloom, the podcast about innovation in Edmonton. Hi, Faiza. One of the best and also most challenging things I think about being an entrepreneur is that we're always in a state of learning. Like even if you think you've, you've mastered something, it just isn't very long before you have to move on and learn the next thing. Do you feel that way too? Definitely. And I think it's because in entrepreneurship, we're often doing more than one role. We're kind of these multi-hyphenates and uh, the world is changing so quickly. I think, you know, speaking as a marketer, I feel like I age out very quickly. I mean, I still don't even know how to use TikTok properly. (laughs) Yeah, it's a red queen's race. Just no matter how fast you're running, you're lucky to stay in in, in place. You spoke to someone this week who's been in the training business for years, like the education business for years, and yet he finds himself learning some new lessons again. Tell me, who who did you talk to? I talked to Jason Siriano, who's the founder and CEO of TIQ Software. Uh, I've known Jason for a long time. And uh, even before I knew him, he has been in the uh, online learning design business. Um, and it's been almost 20 years since he started a company that, uh, that focused on bringing new ways of online learning to different, uh, different mediums. And, um, you know, he's been in the tech space in Canada and and at least in the Edmonton startup scene for a long time and always been a big advocate of that. So TIQ uh, started out by using gamification to deliver training experiences for employees. And so as you'll hear in our interview, he's shifting away from that enterprise product to a software as a service model where he's focused on equipping right now, I think more so product managers to sell specific products. And he's doing that with the help of the Alberta Innovates Revenue Accelerator by GrowthX. That sounds fascinating. I can't wait to hear it. Let's hear it. Hi, Jason. Welcome to Bloom. Hey, Faiza. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat with you because I love chatting with you in general. We've known each other for a long time and we always have some pretty interesting discussions. But I want other people to hear about what you've been up to at TIQ and um, you know how you've, how you've enjoyed GrowthX and and some of the things that you see coming up in the future for your company here. So let's just dive in. Um, maybe you can start by giving people a bit more of a, a layperson's rundown on what TIQ software is and how you came to be. TIQ software started, it was just over seven years ago. And what we were finding is that we were doing a lot of custom e-learning or, or training objects for, for companies, for enterprise companies. And we started building out our own internal uh, software platform kind of to solve, solve our own development problems and ended up turning that over partially to to the customers, right? So to make it a little easier for them to, to build something that was more custom on the design side, and that also allowed them to make quick content adjustments whenever they need to. So in, in short, I mean, what it's become is uh, a software as a service product that that now anyone can use for primarily product and services training. Awesome. And I know when you and I chat, we, you know, we sometimes refer to it as like the square space of online learning, which is, which is exciting because as somebody who has no design experience or developer experience of my own, 
the idea that I can kind of control something that I'm building myself with like drag and drop items and, you know, just kind of quickly uploading content. To me, that seems like a dream. What was the big turning point for you? And when did you decide to shift from the custom model to to this uh, SaaS model? So it's interesting because I had been kind of wanting to do this for forever. The, the sort of the vision was, could we take what we've known in the digital design studio on the creative content and the build side and, you know, essentially like merge the best of those worlds and provide it to a customer? So I'd been thinking about this for a long time, but I think like a lot of companies, it, it all got triggered during COVID where some of our, our, our smaller customers kind of fell off for, you know, for financial reasons. And it sort of let the team and, and myself really focus on, okay, if we gave ourselves a year, like 12 to maybe 14 months, could we take everything we had in enterprise and build an MVP, like a minimum viable product that was SaaS based and actually get it out? So we started, it would have been right before, uh, like right at the end of, of 2020 and spent all the year of like the entire year of 2021 building it. And we launched it right around the end of January. It was cool because we launched it and it's been out. And so now we've been able to, to get a few new smaller customers through just word of mouth or, or direct marketing. And I think what's been really cool is while we kind of started as, like you said, the Squarespace of, of online learning, I think it's it's awesome because it's starting to get even more niche than that in that now it's it's really focusing on like product managers or marketers who have maybe a smaller team and like a unique product. So one of our newest customers is, is Swagman. So they sell bike racks uh, for, for the backs of, of vehicles. Um, and their problem is being able to speak to the retailer, right? Or the, the retail sales associate at the front line. And so they're using TIQ to essentially create a 10 to 15 minute engagement module that speaks to what the brand is, what the product is, and, and how those sales reps can better sell that product. And they can get that up and running in really no time in days. And it feels custom and they do have control over it. So that is kind of kind of what we always wanted is that enterprise was very broad and it was very much in the e-learning space, which is my my background, um, you know, former instructional designer did all that that stuff. But now I can see like a, a pretty niche use case in the SaaS model. And that's really what uh, not only our work, but the work in GrowthX has actually helped achieve at this point. You know, that's a good segue into GrowthX. What made you decide to apply for that accelerator? Having been around, I mean, I like I get emails all the time to apply for stuff. Um, and we had just finished a commercialization associate scenario or, or round with with Alberta Innovates that went really well. I mean, it helped us get uh, that along with some IRAP funding helped us get to where we were. Um, and this opportunity came up and I looked at it as a I think it was a chance for us to learn from people who had had done some work in the SaaS space. Again, that's kind of cool for me because while I'm familiar with how it works, I'm kind of a, a noob there. But the growth X piece was was pretty cool just because their pitch back to us was it's more about it's more a program that was focused on growing revenues um, and growing the product and the brand and not necessarily like an accelerator that was focused solely on raising capital, which for us, we're kind of in a weird spot where um, I guess it's a 
instead of weird, I probably should have said it's a pretty positive spot in that like we know how to work with customers and generate our own sales and 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 revenues, but this is a different arena. And so it's really just trying to figure out, okay, you know, how do I reconfigure how I think about sales and revenue in SaaS? And, you know, I'm working with with my coach in Growth X who's been I mean, it's been amazing. So it's been way better than than anything I could have I could have imagined for for us. Well, and what are what are some of the key takeaways that you've been implementing that you weren't really expecting to get out of the program, or maybe that you weren't not that you weren't expecting it, but some of the things that have kind of been the most helpful or the most beneficial to you? I think it's just the sheer practical, like the the actual implementable tactics that are are coming up. It's interesting because I've been in a few of these programs over the years where it's somewhat more abstract. You know, it's like any course, some pieces maybe are very applicable to you. And then you're in other sections of the course where maybe it isn't because of your history or this is very specific to what is the best for TIQ and Jason. And not only that, it's simple things like, okay, I'm trying to do some maybe cold outreach to speak to someone via LinkedIn, which I've never done before. And they're helping me actually formulate the sentences that will work based on their experience. Like it's that specific as opposed to me, I guess, floundering around to try to figure out like what exactly that should look like. And so it's very breakneck speed. So that thing is, it's been tricky just managing it with, you know, my my existing workload but it's directly applicable to the workload. And I don't know also if it's because where we're at or like we're working, we were working on sort of improving market messaging. And it just so happens that I'm moving into the market messaging portion of the course right now. So it's, it's, uh, I don't know if it's serendipitous, but it just feels like for, you know, it's like anything in business, the timing for us is right. And the my coach is amazing. Uh, Jeanette is is awesome, and you know I feel like a lot younger. Like I'm learning a lot of things that I, you know, either assumptions that I had, or and it's kind of forcing me to get out of my comfort zone zone in some phases, which is always hard. But no, overall, I can't. I just can't stress how awesome it's it's been. Mm-hmm. So, can you walk us through what the course is like, or what is your time in Growth X like? What do they What do they focus on, and what is that trajectory of learning? I mean, they're, they're starting, you know, everything like with everything from sort of like your, you know, like what is your product and like, why does your product exist? What has worked extremely well for you in terms of like sales and, you know, and budgeting all the way up to like, what is your current, you know, your ICP? The big thing right now has been the ICP. Who's the, the ideal customer profile and why? And I mean, even, you know, what I said earlier about saying, starting by saying where the Squarespace of e-learning helped us try to figure out like how to set a North Star for the product. But what GrowthX is helping me do now is say, okay, well, even though you might have said that, if you're SaaS, you need to niche down and really figure out like who is your ideal customer profile and who the ideal buyer is and why they're buying. And a a lot of this information we had already gathered over the years and a lot of it was already sitting right in front of me without me even realizing it. And that's one of the pieces that was fascinating was that, you know, I was focusing on a buyer 
who actually wasn't the buyer, like my buyer would appear in in the project at some point, but they would leave. And I would almost not, I almost didn't realize that they were, oh, well, I hadn't realized they were there. And, you know, once I did now, it makes it so much easier. And the Swagman example is, is perfect in that, you know, that customer has a clear pain point. They also have a product in the market they've been trying to use, but is too expensive. And we do everything that they need. And that like, and then some, we're actually, you know, a little bit, I think we're providing even more value or, or at the price point we're at. And so it's becoming, the programs just help me clearly identify what, you know, what our customer is, what they need. And now it's a matter of just me going after my first five or 10, but it's very clear what, you know, what the, what the goals are. And they're, they're pretty achievable. Like it doesn't seem like some crazy mountain that I have to to climb now. Yeah, I can imagine that would be nice to just focus on something and to have it be, you know, so directly tied to the performance of the company rather than something that seems so far down the road or so out of your reach or even out of your control. Um, and, and when I saw that GrowthX was coming back to, to Alberta, I thought that was kind of interesting because we have a lot of accelerators all of a sudden, but they all kind of seem for like they're for the same person to do the same thing. Whereas this one seems a bit different. What's your thoughts on this, you know, mass influx of accelerators and, and why do you like GrowthX? Well, I think the mass influx of accelerators is awesome, right? Because that what that means is those accelerators see value in, in the Edmonton region, right? And and what's being done here. So for someone who <laughs> who started when like what's an accelerator? Like they didn't have them. Um, and there was really no funding. There were like no little to no VCs. I mean, when we raised venture capital funding, that was, they were like one of the only VCs available. I think it's awesome that they all exist. I just think that now the entrepreneurs like me have to be more focused on um, interviewing the accelerators, not just accepting them for who they are to see if they are a fit, right? So if you're early stage, you know, you want to be in an early stage incubator program that is helping you formulate the concept and the plan and what you're trying to do because those, you know, and even some of the resources exist to help you build the application. But for someone like me, um, accelerators have been very difficult to find because you reach a certain point where a lot of people think, well, Jason doesn't need our help anymore. And that's actually when you do need the help because you're trying to figure out, okay, am I scaling organically? And what type of company am I trying to build? And is it without any venture capital raise? Or is this definitely something that should be going down like a, you know, a seed round series A, series B, right? And why GrowthX is great for that is that they're trying to help me figure out right now what I want in the company. Do I want to scale it by raising? Do I want to scale it by actual sales and revenue? And both are okay and both are fine. So that it's not like I'm getting pressured to have to raise if I don't, right? And that's, that's very different than what some of the other accelerators I see. They're like, you, we'll help you grow and we'll help you raise capital. But having raised capital, I don't know if I would again, or if I don't need to, why would I? I'm giving away equity. Those things are very tricky and you learn them as you get older. But this program has been awesome because it feels like 
the group sessions are very much about like helping everyone learn from each other, but then you get one-on-one coaching and small group coaching and it's very compact so that it, but it feels very personal, right? So they're helping you get down to brass tacks on, okay, like if you're going to run an experiment, this is why, and, and it will help you understand whether you have the right customer or you don't immediately. Um, instead of going like, I'm going to try to get cast the broader net and get as many customers like the Squarespace of e-learning is like massive. That could be like anybody at anywhere at any time. But the product itself doesn't actually fit that because we're not an LMS. We need smaller customers who have smaller teams who are trying to get bigger impact by training on their products and services um, as opposed to someone who wants a full-blown learning management system. So just knowing that coming out of the program has been incredible. I mean, that's going to save me hundreds of hours of work. Yeah, and it's it's true. Like we've talked to a lot of people on Bloom who have launched a very technical and complicated product. And within a few years of going after the customer they thought they were going after, they uncovered these opportunities in all these different industries, which Yes, that does happen. Like that's not uncommon, but yep. it would also be great to start focusing on some of those things up front and being a bit more intentional about who you can go after. Because then even in times like this, where VCs are starting to, you know, be a bit more diligent about who they give money to and why and how much, you know, being able to rely also on your own revenues more quickly and more efficiently will obviously give you kind of a, a more healthy business in in the long run. And I think that in Edmonton. We focus a lot on the technical side, but it seems like we haven't done the best job of giving entrepreneurs the sales and marketing and branding skills to actually tell their audience what value they, they can actually deliver for them. So it's nice to see something you know so different. And hopefully there's more like that in different niches and different markets for people as they're thinking about starting different types of companies around here. And you know, speaking of Edmonton, you've obviously been a huge advocate of the industry here and you've chosen to build your company here. What makes Edmonton a good place to build a company and why do you continue to be here? There's always been kind of a a pretty decent set of financial backing coming from different businesses. I also think that because of the, you know, maybe the economy in the past few years hasn't been too great, but it's still not bad considering, you know, how every other province is doing, which then leads to more innovation profiles or portfolios that are available or people who are willing to potentially try to work with an entrepreneur, you know, to build out something. And that is actually how we built TIQ. The entire model was we're going to build it in our backyard because we know that there's good people here with like who will provide honest feedback that actually have workable budgets to help grow or scale something. Um, I think that's where I started. Now I think it's it's grown so much more beyond that, even just through the work that I see that Innovate Edmonton is doing or some of these partnerships that are happening at the municipal and even the provincial level where, you know, it didn't go so well in the in the beginning with the UCP. And then it, it took a pretty hard right turn in a positive way a couple of years into their um, into their government where. Um, you know, they started realizing like they have to start funding, you know, innovative startups and and scale ups. I think now at, you know, at a global scale, they're starting to become more attention on on the people that are here um, and the work that's being done. And I think it's a 
I think what I'm I'm even getting from the GrowthX folks is that it's a pretty, I think, pretty polite, respectful, educated entrepreneur base that, you know, and I'm I'm paraphrasing here, but I I, I don't think that happens in a lot of other markets. You know, it's a great place to raise a family. You know, I'm from Alberta, like I'm born and raised in, in Lethbridge. So, I mean, it's uh, it was a pretty easy transition here. So I think the future is super bright for for brand new startups or, or scale-ups just because of the attention we're getting, the work that's been put in over the past few years. So, you know, I'm always happy to keep, I'm happy to have the current scale-up and then I guess we'll see what happens after after this one. Perfect. And the final question, what is next on the horizon for TIQ? So it's really just now honing in and targeting those, you know, those companies that need product and services support either at the the retail level or internal with their employees and really just continuing to hone our message. We did kind of our first US campaign with AppSumo uh, a month ago, which which went really well. And now we're just, uh, you know, we're just trying to continue to, to hone and, and refine the product for the rest of the year and hopefully doing like a bigger marketing campaign come, you know, the beginning of 2023. But uh, yeah, future looks pretty, pretty bright for it. I, I love where we're at being like a SaaS founder now is uh, it's pretty cool. It's a whole set of different challenges, but it's been a pretty interesting journey going from enterprise to SaaS. And, and uh, you know, and the cool thing is we feel like we've still kept a lot of the the enterprise you know, consulting and the work. So people are, might be getting a SaaS product, but they're getting, you know, some pretty cool team backing behind it. So I think the future looks pretty bright and, and we're excited to be be working in the SaaS space. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for chatting with us and uh, we'll be watching. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, Faiza. We've heard variations on this before, I feel like, this season, but it bears repeating. Instead of trying to be all things to everyone, the key is to focus on a specific pain point for a definable group of people who are willing to pay to solve that pain. And it sounds like that is a particularly important in the SaaS space. Yeah, it, it definitely is important because with SaaS, I think you're getting people to subscribe to something for a longer period of time, and it has to be relevant for them for more than just the short-term pain. And what I think is really interesting with Jason, as well as, you know, G2V Optics that we talked to in the past and Wild and Pine and all the other folks that have, you know, not necessarily pivoted, but narrowed into their audience. I feel like you have to be very open-minded and flexible in order to do that because you have to drop so many of the assumptions that you had at the beginning and to then really narrow your focus forces you to be a little bit humble and just a little bit more courageous in abandoning what you think you know. And I I think that can be a hard place to come from as an entrepreneur. So I definitely think that that's a quality that we undervalue in entrepreneurs. And we often, I think, think about that like at the beginning, at the startup phase, like the earliest phase and where where they say no business plan survives contact with the real world and you you learn from from actual experience with actual customers that what is going to work and what isn't but it just it goes to show that it's not just at the beginning that is like an mm-hmm. ongoing constant thing that's going to keep coming back around and around and yet when i hear jason talk about what he's doing i hear 
this curiosity and this willingness to like embrace being a noob, as he says, Mm -hmm. um, as he talks about it. I admire that so much in him. Yeah, me too. And, you know, like I said, I've known Jason for a while and he is constantly trying to improve the sustainability of the business. And it's not just about building a successful company because he's done that uh, more than once, but it's about how do you make that company outlast you as a founder, but also start to allow you to change your role within that company and keep things fresh, I would say, from a from a founder's perspective. So I, I really admire that as well. And it sounds like for where he's at right now that this uh, Growth X Accelerator, the, the Alberta Innovates uh, Revenue Accelerator by Growth X is just the ticket for him for where he is in his trajectory, so to speak. Yeah. And, and like he mentioned, you know, he's been through accelerators before and he's past the point where he needs that product market fit or he needs that time in trying to understand you know, how to create a roadmap or anything like that. It's really about the tactical pointers that he could get from them on how he's going to find and attract more customers. And I love what he said about the practicality of the advice that he's getting. And sometimes that's all you need. You just need someone to tell you, hey, this is exactly what you need to do. Now go do it. You know, and I think that's the biggest advantage for him. Mm -hmm. I often think too, that a lot of these programs, they're kind of telling you stuff you already know, like, Mm -hmm. or that I've read before. Same with, with like any mentorship um, relationship I've had through venture mentoring services or anything. I know, but you forget, you can only keep so many things in your head. So to have someone just remind you, remember, you have to like identify your ideal customer and actually figure out how to talk to them. It's useful. Yeah. And I think there's also a level of accountability and and uh, shame and not in a bad way, but in, in a good way, because when you have these coaches that are working with you, and I heard the same thing about 500 Global, you can't come back with n- not having done the homework because yeah. at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what program you're in, you are responsible for growing your business. And if you're not going to do the work, then you, the result's not going to ever be achieved or, or the outcome will never change. So I think that's really helpful as well with this particular accelerator that's so focused on revenue Mm -hmm. and the accountability to actually go go home and do this stuff Mm -hmm. all right well let's take a break and when we come back we'll check in on what's happening uh, next with both this accelerator and a bunch of other ones that are operating here bloom is brought to you by innovate edmonton here's a message from our sponsor the world needs what edmonton offers a vibrant city of risk takers committed to tackling global challenges like the climate emergency, public health, food security, digital inclusion, social justice, and reconciliation. Edmonton-based solutions are exactly what international markets demand and where investors want to deploy capital. At Innovate Edmonton, we're positioning our city as an inclusive global innovation capital, supporting innovators of all stripes, and putting innovation into the public realm with our groundbreaking new downtown home. Check us out today at InnovateEdmonton.com. 
This episode of Bloom is also brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Alberta Blue Cross understands that running a small business is tough, and they understand that business owners in Alberta are busy. Let Alberta Blue Cross give you peace of mind with a group benefit plan. They offer health, dental, life, and disability coverage for your employees. Alberta Blue Cross group benefit plans are easy to manage anywhere, anytime, and on any device, making it easy for you and your employees to access. To learn more and explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca. All right. Well, uh, Jason Siriano is not the only fan of the Alberta Innovates Revenue Accelerator by GrowthRex. Uh, several of the entrepreneurs who were uh, part of the first cohort have recorded testimonials, which you can see on the site that we've linked in the show notes. Are quite effusive uh, about the about the benefits of the program. Yeah, I guess you know it's interesting because we've heard this so many times from entrepreneurs is that they need help with finding and building their client base. And so many of the companies that we have in Edmonton are very technically focused. They don't have the ability or they have a hard time figuring out how exactly to position and sell their product. And so I think it speaks volumes that we have one accelerator now that is strictly focused on revenue and and people are raving about it. And you know it does make me wonder what other types of accelerators we'll see here in the future. And I hope there's more that are focused on different parts of the business cycle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you want to learn more about this particular one, the next information session is on September 19th and applications are due September 30th. And then the next 16 week program starts on October 17th. And we'll link to all that in the show notes. And Karen, you wrote a story for Taproot this week, um, talking about some of the other, other accelerators. Isn't that right? Yeah, because your conversation made me think, oh, yeah, there's all these other ones going on. And we kind of piecemeal have like an item here, an item there. So let's round them up. That's the taproot way, round things up. <laughs> uh, so I uh, put together a little uh, brief on, on what's going on with everybody. I'll highlight a few here. So uh, the TELUS Community Safety and Wellness Accelerator is still taking applications for its next cohort as we speak. Um, it was supposed to close on August 5th, but I checked in with them and they said the form is going to stay open until August 12th, which is the day after this episode comes out. So if you happen to be hearing about this for the first time right now, pitter patter, it's time to get your application in. Uh, another one of the accelerators that came on, on stream with the scale up gap program from Alberta, uh, innovates is the plug and play Alberta one. And so its second batch kicks off in September and applications are open for that as well. And then Alberta Catalyzer, which is the pre-accelerator that's run by Innovate Edmonton and Platform Calgary, it, they have continuous intake and they've got three different learning streams to meet you where you're at, like from the very beginning to having some traction to having a little bit more. So if you're a little bit earlier on in your startup journey, then check that out. Yeah, I was chatting with some folks about all these accelerators and, and uh, trying to kind of get a sense of what that means for Alberta. And because uh, it felt to me like there was just a lot of duplication in the market on all these things. And one of the interesting points that was brought up is that, especially with the accelerators that are not homegrown and the ones that we bring in from other places, it, it signals that there's a lot more maturity in our market in terms of where we're at from an innovation standpoint and a startup ecosystem. And um, a lot of these are 
powered, as you probably know, powered by different venture funds and firms. And uh, so it is pretty exciting to see that there's so many. Uh, Again, like I always say, I hope there's some more diversity in terms of either the industry that we're focused on or the parts of business that you need to focus on to be successful. But it is great to see. And some of them are explicitly open, not just to Albertans, but to people from uh, outside of Alberta and even anywhere in the world. And and I think that the purpose there is to create some cross-pollination and bring some new ideas and energy and capital here through this kind of easy way to get in. So that's that's another benefit of the the big pile of them that are have rolled out. Well, we'll uh, link to my story and those sites in the show notes. And of course, you should subscribe to Taproot's Tech Roundup so that you're always up to date on such opportunities. Well, that's it for this week. If you haven't already, hit subscribe so you don't miss upcoming episodes of Bloom. If you liked this one, share it with a friend. Bloom is produced by Taproot Edmonton with editing by Castria. Our music is by Dave Von Beaker and cover art by Vicki Rusinski. Bye.